I'm Jim Cameron, Jim Cameron Consulting, home of Synergy Billing, and I'm your host for Volusia Matters, news, interviews, and matters that impact Volusia County directly or indirectly. And let's get on with the news. January 17th, Daytona Beach City Commission signed an agreement to partner with U.S. Army Corps of Engineers on a two-year $3 million flood mitigation feasibility study that will be fully funded by federal government. The intent of this flood control study is that it will lead to a mitigation project that would dramatically reduce the flooding. Now, the study will be led by a team of city officials, Army Corps of Engineers, as well as planners, engineers, biologists, geologists, and others, as well as numerous state and federal agencies that will be involved. And it will conclude February 2026. The study area will entail Nova Road, Orange Avenue, Ridgewood Avenue, as well as Bevel Road, basically low-line areas adjacent to the Nova Road Canal, including Midtown and Fairway Estates, where residents have been repeatedly forced out of their homes due to flood water. Now, Daytona Beach Government Relations Administrator Hardy Smith said the problem could cost between $100 million and $200 million to fix. And while the city has received $3 million in federal funding for the study. The other question is whether federal money for construction will be forthcoming and when. Now, if that comes forth, 65% of it would be from the feds and 35% from the city. And Hardy Smith also pointed out that this project was the result of work done by Congressman Michael Waltz, as well as Senators Marco Rubio and Rick Scott. Next item, January 16th, Volusia County Council approved $328 million Transform 386 Hurricane Ian relief contracts. Now, these are community development block grant disaster recovery funds to assist the county in meeting the community's housing and infrastructure needs after Hurricane Ian's destruction. Now, the Transform 386 plan puts $145 million into single-family home repair and replacement and $5 million for rental repair and $50 million for multifamily new construction, as well as $50 million for infrastructure and about $43 million for mitigation. The council voted four to two to move forward with this program. Council members Don Dempsey and Danny Robbins voting no. The council also approved a $3 million for two contracts with SWCA Environmental Consultants 
and Tetratech for environmental consulting. The council also approved $6 million for two contracts with CSA Associates and Tetratech for property damage assessments. The council also approved a $5 million contract with GrantWorks to help manage the Transform 386 to comply according to HUD rules. With the legislature moving into its third week, the Senate passed President Kathleen Pasadomo's Live Healthy legislation, which expands health care access as the state's population continues to grow. Now, with Florida facing shortages of doctors and other types of health providers, the plan seeks to expand medical residency programs which receive state money. It offers student loan reimbursements to various health care practitioners to offset their educational expenses and to hopefully entice them to practice in underserved locations where there's medical personnel shortages. Now, another part of the bill would require hospitals to divert patients from emergency rooms to federally qualified health centers or other primary care providers for non-emergency conditions. The Senate plan includes two bills. Senate Bill 7016 comes with a $730 million price tag, while the House version includes about $580 million in cost. The other bill, Senate Bill 7018, would require the Florida Department of Health to administer a $50 million revolving loan program for applicants seeking to implement certain health care innovations in the state. Now, House versions of these bills include House Bill 975, 1475, and 1501, and they started moving forward last week. Next item, Deland City Commission is looking to adopt three ordinances in an effort to combat a recent rise in homelessness in the city. Now, downtown Deland businesses have complained of people living on the streets and scaring their customers away. If you remember, we've talked about this before. Now, if passed, these ordinances would make it illegal to camp or store personal items on public property and limit person's right to lie on a sidewalk or in an alleyway. Now the first option would be to take violators to the bridge or first step shelter. If they refuse that, then they go to jail. But each scenario would be handled through a collaborative effort between the city and the police and local homeless organizations, for instance, Neighborhood Center of West Volusia. Now, these ordinances passed on first reading last week and will be finalized at their February the 5th meeting. Next, Holly Hill City officials broke ground 
for a new $3 million fire station to be located at Daytona Avenue and 10th Street. And Holly Hill Fire Chief James Bland said the cost of the new station will be split between the city and the state and will be able to withstand hurricane force winds. The station will house five firefighters and should be completed by year's end. Next, Volusia County Sheriff's Office has a new program that's supposed to dramatically cut response times for sheriff deputies. Now, Sheriff Mike Chitwood says that there's anywhere from three to six minutes between a 911 call taker, dispatch, and deputy sheriff to respond. Now, the sheriff's office has produced a new app that cuts this response time to seconds, whereby deputies now have an app on their laptops that tracks their location and any calls that come within a certain radius and it'll automatically show them on their computer where deputies can be directed to the location of the emergency without waiting for dispatch. Hey, I like this program. Sounds pretty good. Next item. Last week, I attended the Daytona Beach Bel Air Community Group meeting, and their speaker was Daytona Beach Police Chief Jakari Young. And during the interview, Chief Young stated that burglaries were slightly up in the city, including eh, auto thefts, but uh, especially Kias, Kias of all things. Now, in order to address the homeless matter, the department will add two more bike cops to the current two bike cops to focus more in this area. Chief Young stated that the New Year's Eve event on Main Street, it was okay, no problems. It was more of a family-style night. So happy to hear that. And Daytona Beach Police Department currently has 20 recruits in their police academy. So when they graduate, the department will only have minimal vacancies. The department is currently building their crime suppression team. That's going to be a big plus. And the TV show On Patrol Live has been a big help to recruit new officers coming elsewhere in the country. It's been a very popular program. I watch it myself. And there are some problems area in the city, the chief said, and he feels it goes back to the land development code. And Daytona Beach Department has some of the highest paid officers in Volusia County, and they currently have 244 on the force, but they're gonna need to add more officers as the city grows with new developments such as Avalon and Mosaic and other housing developments. The city's panhandling ordinance is being currently challenged in court uh, better not talk about that now. But, uh, and the new beach substation, the chief feels it's in a good location on Grand Avenue, just right up the street to a gentleman's club. And a major challenge for the department has been pop-up events, 
whereas that they have a unit that partners with the sheriff's social media team to monitor upcoming events. And Daytona Beach Police also works with the sheriff for mutual aid for these events. And they also use drones to monitor big crowds during these events. And that's thanks to Emory Riddle. Next item, Emily Fagerstrom from Champion Elementary has been named Volusia School's new Teacher of the Year. She was selected from 70 nominees representing schools countywide and was one of the five finalists for the district award. She will now represent Volusia in the State Teacher of the Year program. And she received this award at the Teacher of the Year ceremony, which was January 21st, which was co-hosted by Futures Foundation. And an educator in Volusia County Schools for 11 years, she is the math instructional coach at Champion Elementary, and she is the lead mentor at Champion Elementary and is co-chair of their school's advisory council and is an active member of their PTA. She's also a facilitator with Volusia Learns, leading professional development sessions to educate and inspire fellow educators. So again, congratulations, Emily. And also, January 19th, the Volusia County Association for Responsible Development, VCARD, held their 36th annual installation and awards luncheon. Now, Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulations Secretary Melanie Griffin was their keynote speaker, and she delved into the state's current economic statistics. And that luncheon, immediate past chair Michael Cimento III was named the V-Card Member of the Year, and Amanda Mrozek was named V-Card Citizen of the Year. And their newly sworn in officials include Jessica Gow, Chair, and Chris Rowley, Vice Chair, Jane Terrell, Secretary, and Rhonda Visky, Treasurer. Okay, we're glad to have with us today the State Attorney for the Seventh Circuit, R.J. Larissa. R.J., we're glad to have you with us today. Hey, it's happy to be here, Jim. It's always great to see you. Okay, always, always enjoy seeing you, though, I mean, as well. But, uh, R.J., look, we've known each other for quite some time over the years and such, though, but, but tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, about your background. Happy to. Uh, I'm a native Floridian. I was born in Jacksonville, Florida, raised there, went to high school there. Uh, started my career. I went to uh, played one year of college football at a, at a small college in Dodge City, Kansas, called St. Mary of the Plains College. Then I transferred to Troy State, Troy, Alabama, and finished up with a criminal justice degree. In 1980, started my career as a probation officer with the Florida Department of Corrections in Jacksonville, Florida. And then after about three years, transferred to St. John's County, where I spent the next 10 years as a probation officer and a supervisor. 
I was supervising felony offenders that were placed on felony probation or parole. I decided I wanted to go to law school, was recently married, my wife and the two little ones, we all packed up, went to Macon, Georgia. And uh, I, I graduated law school from Mercer University in 1996. I was 38 years old, started my career as, there as a prosecutor in St. John's County and Volusia County, uh, private practice for six years, ran for state attorney in 2008, got elected, and I've been your state attorney ever since. Well, happy to have you here. Happy to yes, have sir. you here. But uh, RJ, state attorney's office, now y'all are for the Seventh Circuit. What does the Seventh Circuit encompass, though? Absolutely. It's a four-county circuit. Uh, we have Volusia County, which is the largest, high, highest populated county, St. John's County, Flagler County, and Putnam County. So we have seven offices, Jim, spread out over uh, four counties, and we have a, a million-plus people now in the Seventh Circuit. So, in other words, I mean, four counties, it, it's kind of on a different order, but it's kind of like a congressional district, so to speak, maybe. Sure. When, when DeSantis first ran in 2012 uh, for Congress, he, his district was encompassed by the Seventh Circuit. So, yes, very comparable, to, But it's counties. We don't split up counties. Each circuit, it has at least one county. And, no, and all circuits are, are comprised of full counties, not portions of counties. Well, I mean, tell us about the job of the state attorney's office in the Seventh Circuit. I mean, what do you all actually do in the Seventh Circuit? Well, we have about 70, 75 prosecutors, or the citizens do, that work for them each and every day. We prosecute or we, we, we bring to court uh, the criminal charges that are sent to us from uh, the local law enforcement agencies. There are about 40 law enforcement agencies in the Seventh Circuit that we that we we get uh, criminal complaints from, well, the, you know, Daytona Police Department, Volusia Sheriff's Office, uh, Edgewater PD, Port Orange, uh, Orange City, all of the different cities. Uh, they all send criminal complaints. Could be a DUI, could be a first degree murder, could be a simple battery, could be an aggravated battery, attempted murders, child molestation, sexual batteries and rapes. Mm. We deal with all of the. Uh, state criminal charges that are that are brought to us uh, by you know the local uh, law enforcement agencies. Now you say you work with like say as it relates to local law enforcement agencies and such though. Do you ever work uh, maybe in somehow conjunction with the the state attorney general's office? We do. Uh, I've worked with the uh, Florida Department of Law Enforcement. They help us out with investigations. Uh, you know, especially if it's a uh, it's a public figure, a lot of times they'll get involved uh, if if they feel there's a criminal predicate there. Uh, we also work with the the, the federal agencies, ATF, uh, DEA, FBI. Ashley Moody was in my office in St. Augustine about two weeks ago to discuss a bill that she's she's uh, wanting to get pushed through the legislature. We spent about an hour and a half. Uh, you know, talking in my office about that. I remember uh, when I introduced you to the attorney general several years back, 
I remember. And she, she spoke to a group of veterans, I think. That's back with your time at the chamber. But yeah, we we communicate uh, regularly. I'm a big supporter and big fan of Ashley Moody and statewide prosecution works with our office as well. It's it's a joint effort, Jim. All all of our agencies, all of our institutions, we're here to our public safety, to protecting you and your families. That's what we're all about. Well, she's good people. You're right there, though. I mean, and uh, listen, I'm going to jump ahead, though. You mentioned, like, with Ashley Moody, legislature. Legislature going on right now, I believe they're in their second or week or so. And uh, any specific legislation in Tallahassee that you're watching uh, legislature-wise? I am. In fact, uh, myself and, and several of our executive staff and our homicide unit uh, helped uh, Jessica Baker, Representative Jessica Baker is a prosecutor in the Seventh Circuit out of the St. John's County office. She's also a representative in the Florida legislature uh, out of the Duval County area. She lives in Duval, commutes to St. John's. Uh, we recently had the Oath of Wallace trial, which was highly publicized. Uh, the verdict in that case was uh, was a disappointment. I'm not blaming the jury. I I'm not, I, I'm just saying, you know, we, we got a manslaughter conviction. We wanted, we were going for the death penalty. Uh, Officer Jason Rayner was was uh, killed in the line of duty, shot and killed by Otha Wallace. So we saw some problems with the law. The law was had some contradictory uh, portions of it about whether or not you can resist an officer with violence. Case law is very clear. You cannot resist an officer with violence uh, even if the officers uh, lacks probable cause or reasonable suspicion. The policy is you, you contest that arrest or detention in the courtroom, not on the street. Otherwise, we'd have chaos uh, with our law enforcement officers, uh, you know, having being hurt or having to defend themselves unnecessarily. So we we helped. She sponsored a bill called the Officer Jason Rayner Act, which just had its first committee hearing in the Senate uh, day before yesterday. Uh, it passed through. There was a slight modification to it, but it's pretty much intact. And it basically clarifies the law to make it clear you cannot resist a law enforcement officer with violence or the threat of violence, and also adds manslaughter as a if you if you commit a manslaughter on the law enforcement officer, it's a mandatory life sentence. So we'll be tracking that. The family's going to be involved in it. Uh, Jakari Young, chief of police, has been heavily involved in that. The entire law enforcement community, I think, is in support of it. It's to protect law enforcement and to make our communities better and safer. And so we're excited about that, but it's early in the session. We've got to get it through the House and the Senate and then get the governor's signature, which you well know, Jim, you know that process. It's It takes time, but but so far so good, and we're very pleased about that. Well, I sure wish you the best up there, though, I mean, because that's very much needed. And by the way, you mentioned Jason Rayner. I still have my Jason Rayner bracelet from... Uh, like I say, PBA, but I'm still wearing that every day. Uh, yeah, it was a sad thing. I've got my Rainer Strong Cup, and uh, Jakari Young and his team gave me and the other two prosecutors that prosecuted the case uh, an a, a emblem, emblematic badge commemorating the uh, career of, of Officer Rainer. 
Uh, so, we, you know, he, this is, you know, we, we didn't get the result we wanted in the courtroom, but now we're in the legislature trying to improve things for all law enforcement. So there is a silver lining there. I'm hopeful we'll be able, we'll succeed in getting those, that bill signed into law. Well, you mentioned the courtroom and if you can share with us what you can, uh, any specific cases that you're working on right now? Absolutely. Um, we're right in the middle of the death penalty case, Jim, in Daytona at the Justice Center. It's uh, the Rivera case. I can't say a lot because it's still pending, but we did finish the guilt phase. You know, a, a death penalty case is bifurcated or it's in two parts. The first part is uh, that you uh, you have to you have to get a verdict. If it's a first degree murder verdict, then you can proceed to the penalty phase where you seek the death penalty. We were successful in getting a first degree murder conviction. He he murdered a, a friend, assassinated him, come up behind him with a with a firearm and, and shot him in the head. Mm. Uh, and there was a witness to this murder, which uh we were we were fortunate to have. So now uh your prosecutors in Volusia County are, are making the case that uh, for for the judge uh, to sentence uh, Rivera to death. So that portion of it is ongoing. It's in the Justice Center. Uh, it's open to the public. Uh, certainly not for everybody, I'm sure, to observe, but uh, it, this is going on right now. That's a big case. Now, we've had a lot of high-profile cases in the Seventh Circuit. One of probably the most was the case of Aiden Fucci. That was the 14-year-old boy in St. John's County that uh, stabbed to death the 13-year-old cheerleader, Tristan Bailey. Oh, stabbed, yeah. stabbed her 114 times. Hmm. Uh, that case, fortunately, we were able to resolve. He entered a plea. He didn't go to trial. He pled as charged, uh, and the judge made, sentenced him to life in prison. Now, because he's so young, because he was eight, he was under eight, 18 or under well, under 18, um, he's still eligible for potential release after 20. He gets a review in 25 years. But, uh, you know, that case was was very high profile uh, and uh, certainly, uh, you know, was a case we were glad for the family that we were able to resolve it without a trial. I'll tell you, Jim, I talk with families of all the murder victims in all our cases throughout the circuit. I make it a point to meet with them in person. And that going through a trial with these folks is brutal. I mean, it's it's tough enough for the prosecutors, you know, and the witnesses, but for the family, it is it it borders on the unendurable. It's so difficult. But we get through it with the families and and we we're there with them side by side. But you know, we we continue to get we've got animal cruelty cases we're prosecuting that mm -hmm. are always high in public interest. <clears throat> We've asked the legislature for a uh, funding to to start a, a dedicated animal cruelty unit. We already have a career criminal unit, a drug prosecution unit. Uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, our sex offender unit is incorporated into our career criminal unit. We have a domestic violence unit. We want an animal cruelty unit so we can focus uh, and, and hire some prosecutors who are dedicated solely to the prosecution of animal cruelty cases. You know, that case, the Ponce case, yes. where, uh, you know, where we had that 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 cute little puppy beat to death. 
uh, and, and we got legislation out of that case, if you recall, Ponce's law. Yeah. Uh, Tom Leake was very instrumental in, in helping with that. He's been a great partner with us. And he's also partnering in helping us with the Officer Jason Rayner Act. He's doing a, an mm-hmm. outstanding job. You know, he has a high profile, high power position right now in the state legislature as, as chairman of appropriations. But you know what? He reaches out to us. He talks to us. He asks us how he can help us. He's he's truly uh, uh, committed to public safety, and I just wanted to acknowledge him for that too. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Tom. Tom is good people as well there. So, uh, but but uh, hey, and I'm going to shift the gears on you again. Uh, you know, you deal with these cases and stuff every day, and uh, you come home at the end of the evening or whatever. But uh, hey. I have in my newsletter, what are you reading this month? What's, what book are you reading? So anything that you can share with us that you are reading right now yourself, RJ? Sure. I just finished uh, a Stephen King book, Elevation, a very short book. I, I've I've read and read all the Stephen King books. I found Neil Gaiman. Uh, he's, uh, somebody told me he was good to read. That's also in the same genre as, as, uh, as Stephen King. And I read, I think it's grave, the graveyard book by him. Some people might think, well, that sounds a little, uh, you know, weird or sounds a little scary, but you know, I, I, I believe in the spiritual and I, I like to read books that tap into that, that genre about, you know, the spirit world and things of that nature. And it helps me get to sleep at night and helps relax me believe it or not, you know, so I, I love to read those kind of books. Some I, I read uh, like the, the the author for Clear and Present Danger and all his books. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. And I'll read documentaries and stuff. I, I like to to expand my knowledge through reading and, and also to relax and, and try and uh, get, a, get a little shut eye. Well, especially after what you have to go through a lot every day. I mean, yeah, you need something like that, though. But, uh, but hey, I'm going to add that in my next newsletter as part of our column, What Are You Reading? So you'll be getting that. But, yes, sir. Uh, any closing comments that you can share with us, though, RJ? I just want you and, and your listeners and all the folks in the Seventh Circuit, especially Volusia County, to know that your prosecutors work tirelessly each and every day to, to make your communities and, and your families and friends and neighbors uh, safer and, and the communities better. They deal with uh, child victims of sexual battery, sexual assaults. They deal with families who've lost loved ones, people who've been stabbed, beaten, robbed, and they do it every day. Uh, and, and I just want to acknowledge them, Jim. I mean, I, I am the elected state attorney, but those folks they are the troops on the ground, in the trenches, each and every day. And what a wonderful group of folks we have, not just the prosecutors, the paralegals, the support staff. We have a 21-member uh, uh, sworn law enforcement investigative division, a fiscal division. They all work together to help to, to bring safety and security to you and your family. So I I just want to acknowledge them and ask folks, if you meet a prosecutor or somebody works at our office, just uh, let them know uh, that you appreciate what they're doing. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us, really do. Uh, but, but I'm going to say, uh, enjoyed talking with you. Let's revisit this maybe in a couple of months again, though. I mean, I'd like to have you on a regular basis. 
Jim, I'd, I'd like nothing more than to do that. And I really appreciate you. You're doing a great service for the people of Volusia County. The folks need to be informed. They need to hear from their elected officials, and especially with somebody of the quality and character of you, Jim Cameron. So anytime, buddy, you let me know. RJ, I certainly will, though. Thank you, and uh, thank you, everybody. And a few items, again, that you still may want to put on your calendar if you haven't already. The 2024 State of the County Luncheon, that's going to be on February 14th, Valentine's Day, 12 noon at the Center at Deltona, and that's 1640 MLK Boulevard in Deltona. This is that annual event where County Council looks back on partnerships and accomplishments from 2023 and outlines some of their goals for 2024. And then two days later, February 16th, is the Volusia Economic Q4 breakfast that'll begin at 7.30 a.m. Daytona International Airport. They'll have a speaker, I don't know who yet, but they will have Economic Resources Director Cyrus Callum. He always makes a great report on the current Volusia County economic statistics, something business people need to be aware of. And, uh, well, a little bit earlier uh, that month, next month is uh, gonna be the First Step Shelter, second annual Mayor's Gala, and that's gonna be February the 3rd. That'll be at 6 p.m. at the Daytona Beach Hilton. And uh, tickets are $125 each. For more information, call Patrick Smith, 361-3800. And to finish up, Look for a new podcast episode to be released next week, and the views expressed on this podcast may or may not necessarily express the opinions of Jim Cameron Consulting. And for more news, check out my newsletter, which is being emailed the first week of each month, and if you're not receiving it, call me at 566-2140 and my $1,000 guarantee still stands. And before I close, I just wanted to mention that Volusia County lost a good friend, good friend of mine as well, WSVB's Skip Deagle. He passed away recently, and just Skip was always a delight to work with, uh, with the radio station. Uh, I mean, I've done programs down there with him over the years. He would come to Tallahassee up there with us for Volusia Days at the Capitol. And uh, Skip's going to be very much missed. Another thing I wanted to mention was I was in a tough spot uh, last week. And without going into much detail, though, I had a major business problem And, I mean, I was praying to God for a miracle. And I get a phone call from a gentleman named Adam with a local fire monitoring company. And out of the blue just says, Mr. Cameron, I've heard you got a situation. Sounds like I need to work with you. And you know what? He came through. 
And don't tell me God don't answer prayers, because he does. But Adam, with this local fire monitoring company, he helped me out tremendously. And I just can't say enough good things about Adam. Now this is Jim Cameron signing off, saying, God bless and roll tide.